Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Roughing the Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Devin, and I am here today with my wonderful co-host, Cody. How's it going? It's going great. Happy to be here. Another week, another another draft capsule week, looking at another division. Can't wait. Yes, today we are continuing our draft slash offseason prep series, uh, where we are going over every NFL team's needs, free agents, and draft picks leading up to the NFL draft. Last week, we did the AFC South, and if you haven't listened yet, be sure you go back and do so. If you're new to the show, welcome. We appreciate you being here, and if you enjoy it, be sure to subscribe, follow, like, whatever it is that you got to do on the platform you listen on. There's honestly too many of them to keep track of these days. So whatever it is you need to do, go ahead and do that. The point is, if you enjoy the show, let us know by leaving a five-star review or rating and come back every week for a new episode. And with that very long intro... If you're still with us, let's get back into the analysis with the NFC North. Cody, why don't we go ahead and start with the Detroit Lions since they have the number two overall pick. Why don't you go ahead and recap what happened with the Lions last year? The Lions, they had another year as the bottom feeders in the NFC North. I personally love it. Uh, Counts as two wins for the Bears just about every year. But... Yeah, they made the trade in the offseason, traded away Matt Stafford, uh, got some draft capital back from that, and, of course, Jared Goff. Um, You look at Jared Goff's year, I would say he had a very Jared Goff year. Uh, 67% completion percentage, not bad. 19 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Uh, 91.5 quarterback rating. I mean, it's an okay year. Got sacked 35 times, though. Uh, and threw for 3,245 yards. Nothing great, nothing special uh, on a team that was less than special. Um, A couple bright spots for them for sure. I mean, I think DeAndre Swift showed that he, when healthy, can be a playmaker for them. Um, 617 rushing yards, another 400 plus uh, receiving yards, putting him up over 1,000 total on the year. Uh, Definitely a playmaker. And speaking of playmakers, what a snag in the draft for them uh, at wide receiver, right, Dev? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Kind of had a slow start to the year. And looking at his stats right here, I'm actually really shocked. I didn't know that he had this great of a year. But he had 119 targets, 90 catches, 912 yards. So he's averaging right around that 10 yards per catch. Mark, and he had five touchdowns on top of that. And those are the numbers that you like to see with a rookie. Usually any rookie who's like in that 650 on the lower side to that 900, 1,000-yard season, you're looking at those rookies, and they're they're going to be playmakers for the team. So, yeah, very happy to see Amon Ross St. Brown with that 912 yards if you're a Detroit Lions fan or anything like that because he's definitely going to be a good wide receiver one, wide receiver two for them down the road. So honestly, if they're able to snag a top wide receiver in free agency or even draft another one, like we said last week, this draft is stocked with wide receivers. So if they get one in the second or third round with their draft picks, uh, they could easily have a good, good young wide receiver duo there. They have two first round picks. They've got a second, two thirds. Any of those picks go to wide receiver. They're going to be set. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on Ra definitely was Goff's go to there towards the end of the year took off, scored most of its touchdowns, I think, on the back end in those fantasy playoff weeks and uh, won fantasy leagues for a few people that I know. Um, But, yeah, like you said, uh, 
despite him and his rookie contract looking great on their roster, uh, wide receiver is definitely a need for them. You look at uh, two of their top three uh, leaders and targets, uh, Hawkinson and Swift aren't wide receivers. Uh, their next wide receiver is Khalif Raymond, who is a free agent. So is Josh Reynolds. So they definitely need to address that need at wide receiver. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them bring Raymond back um, or Reynolds. I would say one or the other, probably not both, but they both showed flashes and I think could be a role player on a team that's definitely looking to rebuild. Um, I mean, I don't, if, unless they go out and get some crazy couple of free agents, I think they could bring back both Josh and Khalif, Khalif especially as depth pieces. Um, I mean, they're, average annual value um so that basically means what their contract should look like especially if they sign a three-year deal if they have one million dollars aav it should be about a three million dollars deal depending on whatever bonuses they sign and everything like that but both of them are under two million dollars in that so it really wouldn't cost them a, a lot to re-sign them especially if they do it to like two or three years both of them are right around that 27 years um old mark so i mean they got a couple more years especially in their prime as wide receivers Right, and I mean that might save them the bill. Uh, I mean they, that might save them, the uh, having to address that need in the draft where they could address some holes on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, they got a lot of holes. Thirty first in points against, twenty ninth in yards against, twenty eighth in rushing defense. Not a great defense. Uh, I would say probably unfortunate that they have to play against the Packers and the Vikings twice a year. Two of the more uh, prolific offenses uh as we'll talk about here later in the show but um definitely a defense that needs some help but with that round one pick two uh that's probably the direction that they're gonna go don't you think dev yeah i think they definitely go defense here um they would get gifted aiden hutchinson and if they want um especially if jacksonville goes with what we were talking about last week uh with evan neal um, I want to touch on that a little bit because we have been seeing recently in the draft stock, Ikem Ekwonu out of North Carolina State. I apologize if I butchered that name, uh, but the offensive tackle out of NC State, he's been rising up draft boards like crazy. So don't be surprised if Jacksonville takes him or Neal with that number one overall pick. And then that leaves the board free and clear for Detroit with Aiden Hutchinson. Now, I do want to put in that there is a possibility that they also go defensive back here either kyle hamilton or uh cornerbacks like ahmad gardner uh i wouldn't be surprised if they went that route i don't think they're going to though i think they can't really pass up on aiden hutchinson or if they like cave on more they could go there as well but yeah aiden Hutchinson's probably the most nfl ready defensive player that we've seen so far for this draft and once again you get that lovable story of he gets to stay yeah in right Michigan. out of Michigan mm-hmm. absolutely but I mean despite having that first pick they don't have a shortage of capital like we talk about they sneak back in again at the end of the first round with the pick they got in the Stafford trade you'll see him early in the second early in the third um, again late in the third so plenty of picks early in the draft to start addressing some of these holes yeah and with that 32 pick, I want to run something by you. Do you think that it is very possible that Detroit goes with quarterback at 32? 
They also have the second round 34 two picks later, so it could be either one of those. But I I could see them going wide receiver quarterback or quarterback wide receiver right there. I mean, you're going to get some good value. You could get Jamison Williams at 32 if he falls. Traylon Burks might even fall out of Arkansas. Or you could see guys like Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell fall to the, that range as well. We've seen that a lot too. I didn't. I don't know. I mean, in arguably a weaker quarterback class, I, I feel like they'd have to really be fall in love with a guy during interviews to spend a pick at that rate on them when you can ride with Goff and uh, take a look at that next year's class down the road. True. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's there's always something to look at. Uh, we don't really know what that GM's thinking up there in Detroit, so that'll be something to pay attention to, what, where they go with that uh, last pick in the first round since they did get that from the Rams in the Matthew Stafford trade. Um, and then also with the second round, second pick in the second round. So they, they've got a lot of draft capital, and they can do some work with it. And they're still over the cap. Uh, they got $20 million in cap space to fill up before the start of the season. So Detroit's not in a terrible situation in cap space and free agent-wise. However, as a team, as a whole, they're still not going to be great next year, in my opinion. Right. But they continue to build. I mean, they've shown the ability to draft talent. Um, Swift turned out great. St. Brown turned out great. Jeff Okuda. Hawkinson, Jeff Okuda uh, was every bit of the corner that he was billed as. So Yeah, absolutely. They, they, They've got some young pieces. They're slowly building these pieces. They got a fiery head coach that I hope can put up an impressive enough performance. I like Dan Campbell as a coach. I hope he can put up an impressive enough performance with these guys next year to stick around and see that build through a little bit further. But Yeah, and we only well, briefly touched on the free agents for Detroit, but to be honest... They don't really have very many free agents that are considered vital to the team in a way that they need to bring them back. They honestly could go look elsewhere for free agency outside of their own free agents. I don't think they really need to keep anybody. Like we said earlier, I think the most likely scenario is that they keep Raymond and Reynolds, the wide receivers, just as depth pieces and then draft one. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they have a lot of room to work with to build around those skill offensive players and even Jeff Okuda on the defense. So they're not as bad. They're not as in bad a shape as Houston is. We'll go there. Yes, I would definitely agree with that statement. But in a division that's notoriously tough, um, probably going to have another year or two of struggling to fit in, I would say. Do they have the number two overall pick again, though? I don't think so. I think they're probably late tens, like well, late single digits, like yeah, seven, I, seven to yeah, ten. Yeah, I maybe. could, I could see that. I could see them being better than teams like, well, the Jets, uh, the Texans, Houston, yeah, um, even the Jags. I could see them with the right pieces being competing with the Jags. They showed flashes this year. They really did. They were just too few, few and far between to actually make any difference in. Um, their overall record. Yeah, I mean, they had flashes uh, against good teams. They beat Arizona, who was a playoff team. They almost beat but ended up tying your beloved Steelers, who were a playoff team. They beat Green Bay at the end of the year. Granted, that was a uh, shorthanded Green Bay team, but um, 
And yeah, they almost beat Baltimore. Besides uh, Justin Tucker, who everybody knows to be a superhuman opera singer, kicking the NFL record field goal at the end of the game that no one expected. Um, so there, there were definitely flashes, like you said, but there just wasn't enough to really make any difference. So we'll see how it goes for Detroit. Um, like we said, they're not going to have a great year, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was this year. Yeah, and uh, that leads us right into another team that I hope and I honestly think won't be quite as bad. Eh, I shouldn't say that. There's a chance that they're as bad, but there's also a chance that they improve on this past year, and that is my Chicago Bears. Uh, Once again, we find ourselves very depleted in draft capital. Um. Khalil Mack trade cost us several first-round picks. We get one back next year or last year and trade up for Fields, and in that trade up, we lose another first-round pick. So we're sitting there with five picks total, one in the second, one in the third, two in the fifth, and one in the sixth. Um, And honestly, that kind of worries me. We have plenty of cap space. I hope we can do some free agent moves because I think there's holes that that can be filled. Um, If we look at last year, Obviously, you had the two quarterback uh, combo with Dalton and Fields. Fairly similar numbers. Um, Completion percentages within 5%. Touchdowns within one of each other. Both had negative or bad touchdown to interception ratios. Less than one. Uh, Fields got sacked a bunch. Offensive lines in need. We know that. but there's pieces there. Again, I mean, David Montgomery out of good old Ames, Iowa, and Iowa State, another solid season, dealt with some injuries, but still put up 849 yards on almost four yards of carry, seven tutties, over over 1,100 total yards, another solid season for him. Darnell Mooney continues to show that he's the favorite target of quarterbacks there, 140 targets, uh, 1,055 yards, not enough touchdowns. Um, but other than that, there's some holes. Like I said, the offensive lines, there's some holes. You need to get that fixed up to give fields time to, even though he's not necessarily a pocket passer to be able to make the plays that you saw him make periodically throughout last year. Um, yeah. Um, the completion percentage is really the number that I'm looking at less than 60%. That's not great. I mean, he's barely completing over 50% of his passes. And Darnell Mooney's not – I mean, he's he's a big guy, right? How tall is he? Well, and, and – he's, and, he's, he's not a 5'10 wide receiver is basically what I'm saying. And he's a he's a good-sized target. He had 140 targets, but he only had 81 catches, meaning those and, passes are probably sailing over him. Right, and same thing with A-Rob. I mean, a- Allen Robinson is a jump ball receiver if there was one and went 38 for 66 uh, catches to targets. It's not great. Um, you hear the talk about, oh, they franchise tag Robinson and then bur- like burn him intentionally by not giving him targets. As a guy who watched a lot of Bears football, he didn't get open a ton. Those, a lot of those throws were in traffic. A lot of those incompletions were in traffic. Um, can't fault the quarterbacks for all those. But, um, I mean, speaking of A-Rob, that becomes a, a big glaring star on this page um 17 almost 18 million in 
uh, value there with his contract. You don't really see them franchising him again and paying him even more. Uh, probably going to slip away, and that's a hole that needs to be filled. Um, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet can only do so much. Uh, I've heard Michael Gallup. I think that Michael Gallup is a an option that I like. He's a really talented wide receiver who hasn't really gotten the chance to shine being behind so many other talents on his team, but hopefully maybe a good, uh, good value for him maybe. Or like you said, this is a deep wide receiver class. So maybe sneaking in that early third, early second round for one of those wide receivers that falls that far. Yeah. And I am hearing from our stats team that I am definitely wrong. Darnell Mooney is exactly five ten. Um, <laughs> but he only had four drops on the year. So 140 targets, 81 catches. He had a catchable target rate of 67%, which was 99th among wide receivers, which isn't great. So they definitely need to improve quarterback accuracy, and that's definitely going to be on Justin Fields. So we'll see if he can improve in that come year two. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I think the other thing with this team is you're just seeing some of these guys get old. Um, Akeem Hicks has been a staple of that defense. I still think he can be a playmaker on a short-term deal. Uh, but he's getting up there in age. Uh, I think it would have to be a team-friendly deal, too. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't I don't think they'll stretch the bank account to keep him. They do have other guys, um, other guys there. Uh, Goldman Nichols to kind of pick up some of that slack should they let him go. Um, I mean, Jimmy Graham's also a free agent, but you got Komet there, and I don't think that we've fully seen what all Cole Komet's capable of. Jimmy Graham was a wonderful red zone target this year, but I don't know that he's necessarily a need. But then you got Tayshawn Gibson, who's 31. Old Jason Peters is 40. Uh, The one free agent that stands out to me is James Daniels, Iowa boy, go Hawks. Uh, you got to get him signed. He's got to be the cornerstone of that offensive line that has had issues. You got Tevin Jenkins, a young second-year player who definitely has some growth to do. You need him alongside Daniels to uh, kind of anchor that offensive line and what, along with whatever other pieces you add because you need to add pieces there. Yeah, and depending on how the draft actually plays out, the Bears could take um, an offensive lineman with their first selection in the draft which comes in round two at pick 39 i mean you there's not a whole lot there when it comes to offensive linemen um i mean you're seeing a lot of them go in the first round but bernard rain raymond out of central michigan might be there depending on the on how it falls you know um we've seen him go in the first round in some mock drafts but we've also seen him fall so it really depends on how uh, the NFL combine goes. It depends on how interviews go, everything like that. But you also got Zion Johnson out of Boston College. He's an offensive guard. Um, and then you might even see the guy out of Minnesota, Danielle Fileli. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's the big Hawaiian guy. He's massive. Um, probably the biggest offensive lineman we've seen come into the NFL through the draft in a very long time. Um, he currently plays offensive tackle, but I think a lot of NFL teams are looking at him as an offensive guard because he just doesn't have the speed to keep up with the modern NFL defensive ends. But you could see them go offensive line with that first pick, or it if all of them 
are gone and they would be reaching at that 39th overall, you could see them take it with their number 71 overall in the third round. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you look at the numbers, I mean, 27th in uh, offensive points a game, 24th in yards per game, 29th in turnovers, 30th in passing. I mean, David Montgomery is the only bright spot there. Um, they also and allowed we, over 50 sacks, too. So that offensive line definitely needs an upgrade. Right, and th- and that's what I'm saying. I mean, you look at those poor offensive numbers, and, like how much they're turning it over, how inefficient they are. And to have the sixth fewest yards given up as a defense and the third best passing defense, that shows that this de- – I mean, it doesn't really surprise me that we're 22nd in points against because – of the situations that that offense put him in. So personally, I think you got to bolster that offensive line, give fields another more, a few more weapons, a lot of mixed reviews on him. Can he be the guy? I think in the right system, he has a lot of potential. Um, I just would like to see a few more pieces around him to show off that potential. Um, So, so what do we think about Allen Robinson? Let's go back there for a minute. Do we think, because I, I have one of the positional needs for the Bears as wide receiver. I don't think Allen Robinson is the guy. I don't think he's the person that they thought that he would be when they signed him. So do you think that the Bears want to re-sign Robinson? Do you think they do re-sign Robinson? Or do you think they look elsewhere in the draft or in free agency for a different wide receiver? I mean, I think they both. I think they probably look to address it in the draft and also look elsewhere. I just don't think there's been enough friction there. Mm-hmm. Um, that unless Robinson and Matt Eberflus and the new offensive coordinator have sit down and have a good conversation, uh, I just don't think that Robinson wants to be there. And I don't think they, I think that there are other options, i.e. Michael Gallup to go after and target that would kind of fill that same role. Um, yeah, and it's absolutely. a role that's, I mean, honestly, slightly diminished. He used to be the guy. Um, he had a lot of he had a few great years in Chicago uh, to follow up his years in Jacksonville, but I think Mooney's kind of shown that he's the guy now. Um, so we need another playmaker alongside of him, and I don't think it has to be Robinson, and I personally don't think it will be. Yeah, I agree. Um, you could also look at some wide receivers in the draft. I mean, like we said, it's a deep draft class. We're going to hammer that until it's dead. Um just so many names. I'm not going to go through them all. But you've also got the free agency to look at. I mean, you've got Chris Chris Godwin. You've got Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Williams, Michael Gallup. Like, all of those guys could come in at a cheaper cost than Allen Robinson would, and their production would be way more. Yeah. I mean, and I they're don't all th- younger. They're all younger than Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson's 28 years old. By the start of 2022, he's going to be 29. Yeah, I think they will... I don't think that they'll pay up. I think Godwin, I mean, of the names that you listed, I think Godwin will probably have the nicest contract for him. I agree. But um, I don't think it's going to be as high as Godwin would expect it to be because of his late season injury. That's true. But, but I might be able to get a discount with him. You never know. Yes. I, just, I think there's other teams that will probably be willing to pay a little bit more, namely contenders, uh, particularly in the AFC West. We'll talk about that a little bit once we get out there. But... Uh, that will be p- willing to pay a little bit more to get a guy like him. I see one of those uh, slightly lower tier guys, Gallup, Juju, um, potentially. I'm going to throw a name out here. I want your opinion on it because I've 
I know what I think about him. And personally, I think he could be a really good wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think the system that he's been in has really been up to par for his playing ability. And I think he is a free agent this year. So I think it would be best in his interest to move on and find a system where he could be that number one or number two guy. What do you think about Christian Kirk out of Arizona? I like him. I've liked him for a long time. I think that, I mean, yeah, he is a playmaker. We've seen that. He stepped up uh, in the absence of Hopkins this year for them. Um, yeah, could definitely be a guy that could I could see doing well in Chicago or in a lot of other places. He could. Yeah, there are so many places he could end up, and he would be a great fit for a lot of teams. And he comes at a huge discount. His AAV is less than $1.5 million. Yeah, I mean – that's what you get when you slide in AJ Green in there and he becomes wide receiver three. Um, so yeah, Bears, a, a show, a, a show me year. A, they have the ability to fill a couple of the main holes that they need, O line, wide receiver. Um, but then it's going to be show me. Don't end up back in this spot next year. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, I'm. I think a lot of the success that comes down to it for the Bears will be in that offense and how they shape it and try to build it around Justin Fields. Because if you look in recent years, all of the younger quarterbacks that have had success have had front offices who work to build around the play style of their quarterback. They don't try to fit a quarterback into a play style that doesn't fit for them. That just hasn't worked and it's not going to work. And there's a reason for that. Specific quarterbacks have different playing abilities, and if you can build an offense around that quarterback's specific playing abilities, you're looking success in the eye, and that's how you do it. Yeah. So if they can, if they can the manage op- that, that is the key for the Bears' success. And that is the opposite of what Matt Nagy tried to do last year, in my opinion. So hopefully, new system, new, new life for this team. Yeah. Go Bears. Absolutely. Bear it might not be next year where they take control of the NFC North, but it could be very soon in the, in the future of the Chicago Bears to be back at their place at the top of that division. And according to Ryan Poles, they're not giving it back. Ooh, okay. Well, fire from the Bears fan. All right, let's move on. We've got the Minnesota Vikings next. And the Vikings are an interesting team. They do not have any cap space. They are currently negative $14 million, which is almost $30 million short of the NFL average. So they're way below average. They're one of the bottom teams in the NFL when it comes to cap space, but they do, they do have that 12th overall pick and I can see them going some interesting routes here. So they have that 12 overall pick and given their positional needs, which I have as cornerback, defensive end, linebacker, offensive lineman, granted it really depends, but I could see them going either cornerback or quarterback here. Cody, I know what you're thinking. They've got Kirk Cousins. What on earth? Why would they draft a quarterback? Well, Kirk Cousins is up for $45 million this year, and all of that goes to the cap. So if they restructure his contract, then they can easily go cornerback here. So like I said, it largely depends on what happens with Kirk. Um, Whether or not they can find another team that will take his $45 million cap hit and trade. I think that's going to be a little difficult. I think they're going to have to restructure, but Kirk cousins is not a bad quarterback by any means. 
He had a 66 completion percentage, 33 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. That's a great touchdown to interception ratio. 103 QBR. He did take a lot of sacks. That's why offensive linemen is one of their key needs this offseason. But he threw for over 4,000 yards. He's not a bad quarterback. And with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, you've got the receivers and you've got the weapons to make something happen. So I don't think they need to get rid of Kirk Cousins. I don't think they need to draft a quarterback. I think they need to go cornerback at number 12 overall. Um, and honestly, I think that would be a good a good fit for them. They could easily get Ahmad Gardner out of Cincinnati. I think he might be available there and he'd be a true lockdown corner for Minnesota. And that's something the Vikings desperately need. And I'd be surprised if Ahmad Gardner's there and they don't take him. Yeah, I mean, you hit all the nails on the head there when it comes to the Vikings. Um, they, you look at even just like how they rank this year. They didn't have a single number um, on the, like below the half, halfway point on offense besides rushing offense. And that probably wouldn't be the case had Delvin Cook stayed healthy all year. Uh, and we have another case just like the Bears. The Bears had an offensive guy that produced a bad offense and he's gone now. The, Vikings had a defensive head coach who produced a bad defense, 30th in yards per game, 28th in passing defense, 26th in rushing defense, 24th in scoring defense, and he's gone now. Um, that defense is where the holes are. I mean, you just look at, I mean, I we have their stat, their offensive stats from this year. Cousins, like Devin said, had a good year. Cook, 1,159 yards, almost 1,400 total yards. Uh was he's got a couple more years in him of producing for them. And he was injured this year. He missed a few games. Right. Uh, Justin Jefferson making a case as a top three receiver in football. Thielen still the playmaker that he is. Uh, Travis Conklin slides in there as the guy who got the third most targets for them. They get Irv Smith back. Irv Smith is like, I'm so high on that man. Yes, I'm right there with you. I was so devastated when he got hurt. Their offensive skill players are fine. They need defensive help, and that's why you literally have every defensive position besides defensive tackle in their (laughs) needs. Uh, If there there is an offensive need, it is at that O-line position, but you just look, their defense is getting old, and they're free agents. You got Patrick Peterson at 31 as a free agent. Sheldon Richardson at 31 as a free agent. Everson Griffin at 34 is a free agent. Anthony Barr, a, a staple of that defense, is, is 30. Uh, they could definitely – I could see them paying Barr. Um, I could see them paying Richardson to kind of fill that nose tackle, but they need some young, fresh blood. And like you said, with the with that nice 12th overall pick and then a pick again, the second a pick again and the third, they find themselves in a position to get that blood in the draft for cheap because their cap space is not great. They're currently have negative cap space. So they rookies are going to be probably the move rather than signing a whole bunch of free agents for them. Yeah, I agree. But I do disagree with the Anthony Barr that you threw out there. I don't think Anthony Barr comes back. I do think Patrick Peterson does. So Patrick Peterson has publicly stated that he wants to come back to Minnesota. And I think Minnesota wants him back. He was a very, very vocal leader in that um, locker room. And I think he would be a great pair with Ahmad Gardner. You could see, I mean, Patrick Peterson is getting up there in age. So if you have that lockdown corner in Ahmad Gardner, Patrick Peterson can take on that number two wide receiver 
And then the other NFL offense isn't going to know what, where to go with the ball. Granted, I think they could challenge the safety spot. They could challenge the other cornerback spot in the slot. But I think if you had a mod Gardner and Patrick Peterson at cornerback, I don't, I mean, that's, that's a good pairing right there. I don't think they signed Xavier Woods. I think he's going to be asking for too much money and his play was just a little bit too inconsistent for me to be comfortable with if I was in the Vikings front office, but obviously I'm not, I don't know what they're going to do, but my opinion is that they shouldn't sign Xavier Woods back. I think he's going to be too much money for what they need. I think the same goes for Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr, he was very consistent to begin his career, but over the last couple of years, he's had a couple knee injuries that have kept him sidelined. He played 11 games last year. So I think Anthony Barr might draw some outside attention, especially for other linebacker needy teams that might just need a veteran presence to help some of the younger linebackers on their team. And I think that's where he ends up going. I don't think he stays with Minnesota. So you think Peterson at 31 is worth that? Do you think that leadership, locker room leadership, provides uh, enough for that $8 million value? I do. And I think that Peterson would be very willing because he's publicly stated that he wants to stay with Minnesota and he actually really enjoyed his time there. I think he could easily take a team friendly deal that would help with some of that cap space. Yeah, I'll buy it. I'll buy what you're selling, Dev. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I mean, Sheldon Richardson, he wouldn't cost that much to resign either. Um, I don't, I don't really know. There's a lot of question marks with the Vikings when it comes to their defense and the free agents here. I mean, the top, five, six, the top seven on their notable free agents are all defense. So we'll see how it goes. They do have those one, two, and three round picks in the NFL draft, and there's a lot of defensive um, depth in the draft, and we could easily see them just having a rookie-heavy defense, and who knows, it might pay out for them, pay off. Absolutely. So speaking of cap space, oh, Lord, the Green Bay Packers cap space. Deb, why don't you tell us about the hole that they find themselves in here? Well, if you really wish to know, people, the Green Bay Packers started, I'm going to say started because they've made some moves recently, but they started with negative $40 million in cap space, which was $54 million below the league average. Now, they have worked that cap space out to where they're at around $28 million. Deb, um, just not to interrupt you, but that no, was cl- that was close to fifty. They've they've moved about twenty two ish million between Bakhtiari, uh, Kenny Clark, and Aaron Jones. Okay, so they were yeah. up close to fifty million in the neg for their cap space gotcha. before so this week started. Almost fifty negative fifty million dollars negative in cap space, which would have put them almost sixty million dollars against the average. Now, like Cody said, they have restructured a few people's contracts. Um, Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, um, and another defensive guy. Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark. And that has freed up a lot of cap space. So they're at negative 28 right now, I believe, is the number. But it is of the popular opinion that Devontae Adams will be franchise tagged. Now, if Devontae Adams is franchise tagged, his contract will be $20 million, and all of that will go against the cap. So in order to do <laughs> Green Bay would still have to free up about $50 million in cap space, and the franchise tags have to be announced before March 16th. So we're going to find out very soon what happens with Devontae Adams, whether or not he signs a long-term deal, 
whether or not he gets franchise tagged or whether or not he walks and goes to another team for a lot more money. I don't think he's going to sign a long-term deal. I think that he, unless Rogers signs a similar deal, I think he's going to look for every opportunity to leave that team once Rogers leaves. Um, and speaking of Rogers, that's another, another reason the Packers find themselves in the position that they're in. He's slated to count. What did I tell you before we recorded this? Like, Close 40, to 40 million. 45. I think it's 40. Yeah. I think it's 40. Close to 40 million against their cap. That's a bad spot to be when you have a quarterback who doesn't know if he wants to be there or not. Yeah, absolutely. And this is his last year. His, he is a free agent as of 2023. So if he doesn't want to resign a long term deal to kind of restructure that contract and lessen that salary cap hit, the Green Bay Packers are just going to be stuck with that. That's tough. That's really tough to work around, especially when you have a lot of other positional needs. I think, I think, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that that Green Bay has at least five wide receivers who are free agents this year. Their top three wide receivers in Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling are all free agents, not to mention, so is Robert Tunyon. That is a lot of receiving weapons that are free agents for the Packers. And they were wide receiver needy before this year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you'd have a lot happier quarterback had they listened to their draft need of wide receiver before now. Yeah, absolutely. They really needed to in the last couple of drafts. Granted, there are a lot of a lot of talented receivers in this draft. And like I said earlier, with Detroit, they could easily take Jamison Williams or Traylon Burks if he falls here. Those would both be great fits for this offense. Granted, I don't know if Jamison Williams will be back by September with that torn ACL in January. Right, but like we said, we think Adams could very well get tagged, so he'll be around. I could see them keeping Lazard. It's He's cheap, and he's a playmaker. He scored eight touchdowns for them this year. Rodgers likes him as a as a – I don't even know if you would call it a second option because you got – Aaron Jones making plays out of the backfield this year. You got Tanyan making plays when he's healthy, but as a weapon, uh, he, they like Lazard. I could see him coming back as a contributing role, even if they do draft another wide receiver. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think Alan Lazard will will definitely need a, a pay upgrade. I mean his his average annual value for the his rookie contract was under a million dollars. It was about six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand. So if he he could easily sign a three year deal that's worth about twenty million, and that would count about seven million dollars towards the cap, so they'd have to free up more space there. Marquez Valdez Scantling, on the other hand, might be a little bit cheaper, but the production just isn't the same as Alan Lazard. So we'll see how they want to tackle that. I mean, if they have Devontae Adams, if they tag him, and then they have a good good rookie draft going with the wide receivers, they could easily be in a good spot there, especially with Aaron Jones and if they restru- or if they sign Robert Tunyon. We'll see. It's another question mark, really, when, when it comes to free agents this year. There's a lot of question marks in the NFC North as we've kind of gathered over this last however many minutes we've been recording, about an hour. But question marks all around for every one of these teams. It's really going to... Time will tell. I mean, we'll find out after the NFL draft. We'll go break down all of those picks once we get there. But in the time that we're here now, it's 
questionable. I really don't know what to expect with, when it comes to Green Bay. I mean, they've got question marks at wide receiver. They've got question marks when it comes to defense, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers specifically. Does Aaron Rodgers leave? Does he stay? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the c- couple of those other guys uh, on that free agent list. Kevin King, I mean, you saw them draft DB last year kind of as a potential replacement for him, knowing that this time was going to come. Uh, but you also got Devondre Campbell, who had a breakout year as a pro bowler for them. Are you really just going to let him walk? I mean, that defense was solid this year, and he was a cornerstone of it. Um, ninth in uh, yards a game given up, eighth in turnovers, uh, top 10 in passing defense. I mean, that's a, a defense that showed another defense that showed flashes this year. Um, I think they need to try and keep some of those free agents, but with that cap space issue, um, yeah, like you said, a lot of question marks and question marks that will be answered here in the next couple weeks with Adams and Rodgers, I feel like. Adams and Rodgers and their decisions and what happens with them will add a lot of clarity to the direction that this team needs to go. Yeah, I mean... The one good thing when it comes to free agents is the fact that Jair Alexander is not a free agent and he will be on the team for 2022. But then you do have Kevin King, Chandon Sullivan, and Rasul Douglas, who are all cornerbacks who are all free agents for Green Bay. Now, I think the priority would be Kevin King there. Um, I think the team definitely wants him back. But he may be asking for too much money and Green Bay might not be able to afford to keep him. And then Jair Alexander also needs an extension, and he's going to be wanting that soon. Otherwise, he's going to walk, too, in the next few couple years or next year. I don't know when his contract is up, but it's a troubled situation there in Green Bay right now when it comes to cornerback, wide receiver, quarterback, linebacker. I mean, Devondre Campbell, he, he's probably looking for a two- or three-year deal. He's not going to look to sign a one-year contract, especially at the age of 29. Right. Um, the the good thing for them is they have they have capital they have picks in every round but the six but they do have two fours and three sevens so plenty of picks there. Once the cards fall as they fall on the table here this month, um, they can look. Do we need to go wide receiver? Do we need to go defensive end? Do we need to go corner? Where do we need to fill these needs that we're not going to be able to fill from either re-signing guys or I would assume they're not going to be super active in the rest of the free agent market considering yeah, absolutely their and i think those the picks fours the fourth round picks through the seventh round pick those are all depth pieces that you could easily find in the draft so if you're able to lock down some solid starters and you hit on a fourth round linebacker or a fourth round cornerback that can start opposite devondre campbell or jair alexander you're in a good spot yeah absolutely absolutely um so you threw this one on me last week. I'm going to throw this one on you this week, and you have fun navigating these holes. Uh, okay. Projected standings of these four teams this year. Oh, that's tough, man. Oh, pre-Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams decisions. You want me to do this? Oh, man. Um, let's see here. I'm going to go ahead and say Detroit is bottom again. I don't think they are in 2023, but when it comes to 2022, I think they are. Um, 
you know, I'm going to shoot for it. I'm going to say Minnesota takes it. I think they re-sign or restructure Kirk Cousins. They have the wide receiver. They have the tight end. They have the running backs. They've got all of those weapons, and they can focus on defense in the draft, and they've got a high pick in the first round. They've got a second and a third round to bolster that defense. And they've, they've got they're, they're negative cap space, but they're not as negative as Green Bay is. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's Minnesota. Then I think... I'm going to give a little little asterisk here. If Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are back next year, I think they're second place. And Chicago moves to third. Now, if Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are not back and Justin Fields decides he wants to step it up, I think they can move into second place in that division and Green Bay drops down to third. That's a bold prediction, but I'm probably I'm going to go Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit. I would agree with just about every statement you said. And uh, grin a little bit bigger when you talk about the potential for the Bears to sneak up into that second. But as a Bears fan... It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot, Grin. It is. It is. But it's possible. Uh, I'm not going to put it out of the realm of possibility. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat these words throughout this season, I'm sure. But I have faith in Fields. I can't wait to see what he does this year. Uh, you can hold me to that. As we go throughout the year, I'm sure you will. But uh, if they they build their offensive scheme around Justin Fields, they can have success. But it's one thing that they failed to do time and time again. They failed with it with Mitch Trubisky. Granted, I don't think Mitch Trubisky was ready to be an NFL starter, and he probably shouldn't have been. He went to the playoffs twice. (sighs) The Bears went to the playoffs with Rex Grossman. And that's my argument against that. You can go to the playoffs with a terrible quarterback. They could have won the Super Bowl had they had a, the right scheme with Mitch Trubisky, but they didn't. So if they can fit Justin Fields into that offense the way Justin Fields needs to fit into an offense, they have the potential to have a lot of success. I don't know. My favorite part of this whole thing, though, is that we both agree that Green Bay, we don't have Green Bay at the top of the division. We Love don't. I mean, it. Granted, if Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams come back, anything is possible. You can't bet against 12. Right. But if they don't fix that defense, and we didn't even touch on special teams, and special teams is the reason (laughs) they lost in the playoffs. Their special teams is awful. They need to hit on these middle-round picks and the late-round picks because those are honestly who make up your special teams. If you can get good special teams players there, then your special teams will be fine. Yeah, maybe but get they a, also need to play on defense. Maybe get a cor- problem. Maybe get a corner that can return punts consistently, and then maybe with one of those three seventh round picks, you know, take a kicker because money may ain't really money no more. So, yeah, ab- I mean, absolutely. there's a lot of holes to fill. But again, if Aaron Rodgers is on that team, anything is possible, and this division might be closed off for anybody other than number twelve. But we'll find out here shortly and we will be sure to have an episode or we'll update you with any information we find out about any free agent signings but all of that's going to come when free agency starts i want to say that's middle of this month so stay tuned yeah uh in the meantime we'll be back next week with the afc east led by tom oops nope not tom brady's patriots led by josh allen's bills that was kind of cold uh yeah you know what can I say? <laughs> uh, yeah, talk about the that Bills-led AFC East um, and 
yeah, some interesting teams there. Uh, you got Miami putting together win streaks, but not quite being there. You got New England and their rookie quarterback making a playoff appearance. You got Buffalo, and then, of course, you got the lovable J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So we'll get into them next week. Um, Deb, any last words for our listeners here? I think for once you guys will be able to breathe. We will not be talking about quarterbacks as much outside of Miami. Miami might need to look at quarterbacks, but outside of that, the other three teams are set with their quarterback. So you'll hear that word a lot less next week. You can look forward to that. There you go. Well, folks, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, uh, we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts now. So wherever you're listening, like, subscribe, follow, share us, spread the word that we exist. Um, We love talking. We'll talk even if nobody's listening, but we'd love to have you guys listen. Give us your feedback. Um, Leave us a five-star review. That too. I'm not an Apple person, so I don't really get into that stuff. But thank you, my co-host, for reminding me. Um, Yeah, we'll be back next week. uh, And until then, just remember your man, Patches O'Hulahan, and his five keys of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and keep roughing the podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody.